0: Hey, geeks, I'm here to give you a little rundown on what's happening for the month of October with Geeks Under the Influence. First up, 25th of October, is Busky stand up comedy with our buddy Carltron, the Carlton K, uh, doing the emceeing. And then the 28th of October, just a few days before Halloween, is another night of trivia with Geeks Under the Influence at Fallout. So come out to that and get your spooky on. I'm going to be in costume. You are more than welcome to do the same. And we'll see you at all our events.
1: gone mad with unnecessary reboots, remakes and sequels. Only one podcast has the guts to make it even worse. This is Smack My Pitch Up.
0: Hello geeks and welcome to another episode of smack my pitch up the podcast that reboots remakes reimagines sequels cycles matches up and adapts uh, some of your favorite stories uh tv shows and movies and tonight we are finishing up the halloween season yes with are. a childhood classic one that i loved as a kid mm-hmm. that we're gonna kind of put our own little little yes. little flavor to it's a story of a very
2: inappropriate uh relationship it very much so I mean, from from modern perspective
0: absolutely and that's actually going to be kind of the fun part of rebooting this is looking at how problematic that relationship is even back then. And now in the modern days, how that would not fly at all. No. Yeah. No. So yeah, not even a little, not even a little bit. So th- that's the fun of doing a remake or sequel sidequel, whatever of little monsters, the 1989 yes. movie starring uh, Fred Savage and uh, one very coked up. Yeah, Howie, Howie Mandel. Mandel. Yeah, yeah. Very coked up. Howie oh my Mandel. God. I think his, I
2: think he would have like, fucking sucked at it if he wasn't so cooked up. It was just meant to happen.
0: He was buck wild in this movie. Oh, Jesus. He was everywhere. He was bouncing off the ceiling. I mean, literally at times in this movie, so... Yeah, if it was the PG
2: version, you could say uh, he was just drinking a lot of coffee. But uh, I think in this... I think we know as adults that he was pretty fucking coked up.
0: Oh, he was coked out hard. Hey, Fred
2: Savage probably was
0: too. You never fucking know. I mean, child those child actors. actors yeah, yeah, you never know. Wonder years really fucked them up. So with me to help with the reboot, remake, sequel, cycle, whatever version we decided to do is uh, Kyle Smash of Smash Talk. What's going on? Happy to have you back here. Um, One of my favorite episodes we've ever done on Smack My Pitch Up was with you when we did Blade. (laughs) Yes, we had so much fun in that space. That was pretty early on. Yeah, and I just loved it. Casting Kevin Hart (laughs) as a bubble boy Blade. It was. It got weird. So also you were so my uh, my guest during the live smack my pitch up we did at GalaxyCon as well that was so. a great experience hell
2: yeah hopefully we'll get a chance to do something like that again
0: i'm thinking and- I, I think that's what's going to be happening for the next one so we just got to get confirmations and stuff but yeah that is in the works cool and uh, so, yeah, we're, we're going to kind of round out the Halloween season. We've done a couple of freaky movies, scary movies for the uh, for the season. Yeah. We're finishing off with a fun one. It's monster related. It's not really a horror movie per se.
2: No, but it's definitely Halloween-ish. Ish, I mean, yeah. I, I was originally going to go, you know, my suggestion would have been, uh, you know, Ernest Scared Stupid. I just didn't want to touch it. It's also, a
0: masterpiece. Like, how do you get, who are you going to get to be Ernest? Exactly. I mean, there's no way that's going to be able to do it quite the same. It's a masterpiece. Yeah. So with this one, it is a classic. I mean, Mm -hmm. people of a certain age, around our age, loved this movie coming up. Oh yeah. So, but I don't think it's necessarily untouchable. Um, There's a lot of elements to it that were very 80s in that there were a lot of 80s movies where the kids were like, I'm sad because my parents are busy.
2: Yeah. And that was like the worst of it. And dad was, his biggest uh, anger like blow up was, I couldn't find the remote because I need to watch the other game. Yeah. I got I got two games going on with money on them right now. Like that's all. That's 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 the '80s worry. Yeah, and the mom was like, "Can we just paint the house?"
0: <laughs> and now modern day, I mean, the nuclear family is not really a thing anymore. I mean, there are families like that. Don't so get it's me a wrong. Modern
2: family, A nuclear family doesn't. Yeah, it's not even a term you hear anymore. Not really. It's just modern family.
0: And well, because the idea of family values has changed. That fam- family values still exist, but it doesn't exist in that you have like a husband and a wife and the 2.5 kids with a picket fence. And, you know, that's not necessary for it to be a valuable family dynamic.
2: It's like they say on supernatural that family don't end with blood. And I think that's more uh, relevant now. And and these times, because you find that a lot of your family that you see or that you're close with is, is
0: not blood. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, People are finding their own idea of what family means. Exactly. They define it themselves. And there was a little bit touched on in this film about that basically the main character Brian, or uh, Mister Savage, Fred Savage, Fred Savage. Hey, he's
2: a fucking man. I got
0: trying to figure out the meaning of family. Trying to figure out what it means to have a family, and yeah. he found it in a uh, monster that lived under his bed.
2: Yes, and this monster, yes, and it didn't just live. It that's it entered all children's rooms from under their bed, which is of course a nightmare in itself when you're a child. Sure, when you're that when you're young. You know, that's definitely one of those things that if your bed, uh, if your bed has any space under it, you're not fucking going under there in the dark.
0: Yeah. Now, if you are unfamiliar with Little Monsters, picture basically Monsters, Inc. That's like, the, it's pretty much exactly yeah. the same plot line. Yes. I mean, almost exactly the same plot line. Take
2: away the corporate aspect yep. of them needing it to like for power and things like that in Monsters, Inc. Because they needed these screams, the sure. fear, to power their way of life uh i think uh this is more uh, uh an a- actions that they take bred out of just sheer f- fucking boredom and fun yeah. and mischief like
0: well also these are mischievous the monsters that uh, exist down below a uh, number of them if not all of them used to be kids that ran away yeah. and ended up in monsterland and you are there long enough you end up becoming you end up not being able to leave yeah. Except like you are a monster now.
2: Yep. Actually, if they're trapped under there, if, if you're human and you go under there and the sun rises, that's what it is. Yeah. Uh, you then, then you're stuck there as far as in terms of a monster forever.
0: Yeah. So that's I mean, something that is in the original movie, but it doesn't really hammer down how terrifying that is. No, it's actually a pretty fucking disturbing <laughs> yeah. plot. Yeah. If you really dissect it. So I'm kind of interested to see what we both do with this. Um, now, for those unfamiliar with Smack My Pitch Up, basically we'll talk about how we're changing the plot. We have both a real take, something we think might actually work for a remake or a sequel or whatever. And then we have our remix version or mm-hmm. our funny version, not necessarily humorous funny, just a outside the box, weird take on it. Something that, we may won't really want to see, but it's never going to be done. It's
2: that like way. our Adult uh, Swim version of it. Yeah, you know, like you have your normal version, and then mm. you have the Adult Swim version.
0: Yeah, <laughs> just the depraved, weird yeah. choice like, one. That
2: doesn't even make sense.
0: Yeah, I want to see it. I kind of want to see <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. So, with your plot now, which version are you doing? Are you rebooting, remaking, reimagining? Um, I'm
2: well. I, I would say neither. I'm doing the sequel. Okay, it's a straight sequel, and only only because I just. There's no way, there's no reason. First off, if you were to try to reboot that these days, it wouldn't even fly. Yeah. The storyline alone and how they even met would be completely changed. You, you wouldn't even have just a reboot, you'd just have a whole new movie all together. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so I went that route, and then I was like, well, I could reimagine it, but why? It's already so imaginative. Sure. Minus some of the names. I mean, your main bad guy's name, Boy. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's only but so imaginative. Uh, so, I, yeah, I went the reboot route.
0: Oh uh, not, excuse me, not reboot. Uh sequel. sequel. I kind of did a sequel. This is more of that kind of where it's sort of a sequel, sort of a remake at the same time. It's kind of in that in between where it alludes to the fact that this is a continuation mm-hmm. without actually being a official continuation on the story. So, like,
2: yes, it's like a story within it's
0: some alternate version of itself kind of. Yeah. And uh so with the plot, this being a sequel, how are you approaching a sequel? Is this like the the son of uh, Fred Savage or what what is the Uh,
2: uh no and I'll tell you why because I have been recently at work or you know not at work specifically but when I do work uh, watching uh, Wonder Years I just started getting into it okay which is what I think sparked my 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 love again for Little Monsters okay Uh, uh and I told myself and I know this is fact of life that Fred Savage is fucking National Treasure and I'll punch him by the face he doesn't <laughs> think so uh so, uh, so I, I actually, and and Howie Mandel, I just want to see him do the same, like what he can do at this age. So as far as the sequel goes, my serious sequel, if I'm a director, I'm bringing back the originals. Okay. So Fred Savage, uh, Ben Savage, and then, um, and then Howie Mandel is Maurice.
0: Yeah. Those unfamiliar, the younger brother in little monsters was actually Fred Savage's brother. Yeah.
2: Ben Savage. Yeah. And he had his own little one to years called uh, boy meets world. Yes, he did. And that little fro that he had.
0: oh! <laughs> and I I had such a crush on Topanga. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Uh, who didn't? Absolutely. Especially in the college years. Oh,
2: man. Whew. Yes. She was just a beautiful soul. Yeah. Inside and out. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like her skin. It was pretty.
0: I do like that there is not really a major romantic element in this movie. Right. Which most movies, even kid movies, tend to have some level of romantic storyline here. Yeah and i'm trying to remember does he even have a romantic interest he's got a girl that he likes
2: but that it, he ends up oh that's right Maurice and she up, ruins her homework yeah but it's not really like a it's not really like a romance so a much as like thing, yeah he's just like ha ah, and then she's just like i mean you're cool so yeah. <laughs> we can be friends yeah and that's i mean i think that's all they would ever touch on you know in that way it's straight kid it's yeah. just a, for straight for
0: children it's more about the relationship between like childhood and becoming more mature as you get older rules. and and understanding kind of your dynamic with your parent right. or parents and that's really the main focus of the story is the monster world is basically uh, the Neverland Yeah, it's the no
2: rules never yeah. grow up Never grow old, just, and, and nobody tells you when to go to bed.
0: And if you look at it from that perspective that Howie Mandel or Maurice is his character, he's basically the Peter Pan in this story where he's going yeah. around just doing hijinks, you know, just being weird, you know, mm-hmm. chasing a shadow or whatever the hell and gets caught. Yeah. And then he ends up taking the kid to Neverland or, you know, the mon- underworld, the monster world.
2: Right. <laughs> the I, don't, I, forget, I forget what they do call it. I forget I th- as well. I, I think I think it was uh, it was probably some simple name like World, yeah, like Monster World, Monster simple World name, or yeah. something,
0: yeah. Because late eighties, yeah, so. late eighties, they didn't think about that shit. Nah, they didn't give no. a shit. So, uh, your story is this. These are the originals, So is this Fred Savage going back to Monster World or? So this is so
2: in the original the the original plot is essentially. And where it will pick up will be 30 years give or take okay right so 30 years ago young boy uh brian stevenson he discovers maurice as maurice was sneaking into his brother's room scaring the shit out of him yep he decided to trap him once he trapped him he talked to him they became friends maurice brought him down to the world of the world of the of the little monsters yeah and then showed him you know what it could be without parents without rules without responsibility Uh, And of course he gets sucked into it. He loves it. They start, they start doing a bunch of stuff. That's funny throughout the movie. Um, But eventually there's an evil leader called boy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I still can't get over that. They called him boy (laughs) Uh, that kidnaps his brother. And then he eventually saves his brother and him along with the girl. That's sort of kind of his interest. And then the, the bully who ends up being a friend, uh, that's they save his little brother by by shining really bright lights on him okay not like i said not well thought through sure but apparently they just needed a bunch of bulbs to destroy this monster so they do that and then they, they're they running out of time so they the whole end of the movie is them racing through like different states these portals to these different states and they end up in california now they're on the other side of the coast so that's how it ends uh you know it, it's got some fucking i can't remember what the 80s song is although it was really good And then it shoots 30 years later where uh, something has gone down within that world. Okay. So bad that, and and you won't know till you see the movie, but so bad that forces Maurice to come back up and come to the only person he knows, A, that's human, and B, that he can ask for help. Sure. Roping Fred Savage. And now his family, uh, you know, very two year old child. Uh, He doesn't have a wife. I didn't write him a wife. And then his brother, Ben Savage, who's like, I want some fucking revenge.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So he's all gung ho. And that's, that's really my series. That's where it starts off. So that's how it brings everybody back. Okay.
0: I, uh, the reason why I say it's kind of a sequel, kind of not, is that the, one of the major plot devices throughout the movie, this version of it is that the father or, uh, Glenn, as it is, who was played by, uh, what's his face? Uh, Daniel Stern. Daniel Stern. Yes, Daniel yes. Stern. Uh, so the father is kind of disconnected from his kid. He's kind of the daydreaming type where he's yes. just kind of like lost, n- not paying attention to stuff, kind of in his own He's an world. 80s dad. Kind of, yeah. Uh, but this is a modern day
1: version. This okay. isn't
0: like a period piece or anything. So a lot of the same notes start happening in the movie as the original. But what you start realizing is that the dad seems to know more than makes sense. Hmm. And so the the story kind of continues the same way that it did in the original. But the big twist is that there's a mention of where they get the light bulbs at the very end is actually his own house because his dad at the very beginning, just for some reason has a stockpile of light bulbs in the garage Hmm. and stuff like that. And it kind of comes out that his dad had a similar experience when he was a kid and his monster that like took him was boy. Oh, shit. So boy, you know that's why he's always had lights around and stuff because it did not end well at all. Mm -hmm. Uh, This wasn't like a fun, happy version of that the, the Howie Mandel monster. That's like, Ooh, it's fun. Um, or the way that his son is having a good time. He boy was his dude who's always kind of fucked up. So he, it was a terrifying experience. He was terrorized by this guy. So that's why he's kind of out in his own little world and he's stockpiling lights. This was a terrible experience for him. So when it comes through that, he realizes that his son's going through a similar situation He immediately reacts in this like militant, like, fuck this. We're not doing this. And sees uh, Maurice as a evil monster, like not a fun, playful friend, but an actual monster. And so it's basically him having to go down to save his child with all the lights and everything uh, to confront Maurice when he actually comes across boy and realizes the real dynamic that's happening down there. Ah. yeah. And so it's basically the story, like a story of uh, a boy and his uh, and his father not seeing eye to eye on something and then f- coming together um, through adversity to like find a closer bond. Mm-hmm. And because he finds a better bond with his dad, he no longer really needs Maurice anymore because he found that connection that he was lost from having. Right. And so it's kind of like almost his imaginary friend disappears kind of thing. And it's left kind of up in the lurch as to whether or not this is real or not, but it, it's kind of suggested that it is.
2: Well, that's a good way to get around the whole inappropriate relationship thing that, that spawned from the original eighties movie. So
0: I like that. That was, that's good. Oh, no, the, inappropriate relationship thing will be explored a little further on my uh remix version of this which we'll get into with <laughs> That's the casting although
2: oh, you're getting into the fun one
0: the fun one yeah <laughs> uh fun is maybe not the word i would use for my remix no, version this is not. gonna be kind of dark so and mm. not like the fun scary dark um uh, well scary for sure but like the evil
2: reflection dark
0: oh uh, it's gonna be rough um so the way that we normally suggest the tone of these is via the director. Now uh, the original tagline I forgot to mention for little monsters was some friends can be real monsters and some monsters can be real friends. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Enjoy that.
2: That's pretty good. Yeah. I didn't even come up with like a specific tagline.
0: No, I, no that wasn't mine. That was the original tagline. Was it? For Little Monsters. No shit. Yeah. Oh, I had no idea. Yeah, I, I'm not I, taking credit for that. That was somebody else's. Yeah. That's, you
2: know, terrible. Yeah.
0: <laughs> that's that's really terrible. It's, it, but it fits the 1989 Little Monsters movie pretty well. It does. Yeah. It does. So for your director, for your serious sequel, mm-hmm. uh, what are we looking at? Who are you? Well, it's funny
2: that you say, you know, that's very 80s, because I wanted to stick in that realm. And I also wanted to get somebody who who knew monsters so i got fred decker who was the writer director of monster squad
0: sure uh, of course you went to monster <laughs>
2: squad jesus but he would be perfect for it
0: not a bad call it would yeah. be a little bit campier probably uh, that's that's fine i mean yeah. you don't I mean, want i mean I the don't, original it wasn't exactly not campy
2: yeah you yeah. know i'm not looking for the exorcist here like yeah. or, you know something terrible like like supernatural some like you just see blood splatter on the windows mm-hmm. Uh, I thought he would do it well enough to, like, kind of keep it serious, but but be what it's supposed to be.
0: Sure. Uh, for me, I wanted it to be a little bit scarier. Mm-hmm. I wanted to really kind of lean on just how scary the boy was and, and how uh, dangerous this monster world actually is. But also keep a lot of that light, fun, kind of like young adult, uh, PG-13-ish kind of approach to it. Mm-hmm. So, at first, I was thinking Guillermo del Toro for the fantastical elements of it. Yes, definitely the underworld. Yeah. And, and, but then it was like a little too close to Pan's labyrinth. And I felt like it was kind of rediscovering a similar territory that was, uh, hit with Pan's labyrinth. Yeah. Additionally, I don't want to just keep going back to Guillermo for the, the weird fun fantasy stuff, you know? So yeah. I actually went with somebody that had a film recently that was produced by Guillermo del Toro, but he's also, uh, responsible for the film troll hunter. Oh, yes. And uh, also did The Autopsy of Jane Doe, which is a horror movie that we talked about on the 31 Days of Halloween episode of uh, Geeks Under the Influence. And then he recently was the director of Scary Stories to Tell yes. in the Dark.
2: Which, you know, could have been geared towards kids. <laughs> could it not been. Yeah, he's right.
0: He's in, pretty ambiguous in that was way. It kind of right in the middle, which I yeah. liked about that. Pan's I, Labyrinth
2: I, is a lot like that, too, where it's like, it's just creepy enough to be like, what the fuck?
0: There's some real rated R moments in that, though. Well, are there? Oh, yeah. Like what? When she cuts dude's face with a knife when he's threatening to kill her, and oh, I he, guess you're right. Yeah, I don't know if I'd say
2: rated R. I mean, it's not like he cut his. She cut his face, and then his skin fell off.
0: I mean, she did bleed out before entering the labyrinth, like at the end. So yeah, yeah I
2: guess yeah. you're wrong. That's PG thirteen, right? That's R. I'm pretty sure. Pan's labyrinth is R. I think so. I don't know. We have to fact check that one. Yeah, yeah. You might. I mean, you might be right, but I didn't see it in the theaters. I saw it on like
0: HBO. A oh, long I gotcha. So, um, Andre Overdahl is the name of the director. Andre Overdahl. Overdahl is the director. He did Troll Hunter, Autopsy of Jane Doe, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, and a couple other films that I'm not familiar with, but those are the three familiar ones. Mm-hmm. Love Troll Hunter. Uh, Autopsy of Jane Doe was genuinely a good horror movie. So, he can do serious, intense. He can do fun. You know, it's kind of right in the middle there.
2: Would you say it's, like, it's more like intense, stretched out moment where you're just in this constant state of... What's going to happen next? Or is it like jump scare?
0: Uh, more just a, overall tone. Is just it going to be kind of like... Keeps you in an eerie sort of feeling. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And so not necessarily jump scare, although maybe a little bit, but that's not what it's leaning well, on. I've, I've never heard of them. That's why I'm asking. Okay. Like, Troll Hunter, if you haven't seen it, it's a uh, Scandinavian film and it's uh, subtitled, but mm-hmm. basically there's an area of, I think Sweden, where trolls exist. Um, or they exist all over, but there's an area in... Sweden where they're like hunting trolls and preventing them from like going into populated areas to fuck shit up. And this, and there's a troll hunter that has a documentary crew following him and it's goofy at times. It's really fucking intense at parts and overall just a really fun movie. And, and,
2: That's that's that would be that actually that's on Netflix, isn't it?
0: I think it's it's on one of the streaming services. One of the
2: streaming services. I'm gonna have to check that out. Troll
0: Hunter's a really fun time. You've sold me on it. It's really fun.
2: You know what I want to see? I want to see an Icelandic movie about gnomes. Because you know they're they're huge believers in (laughs) gnomes. Yeah. Like they've even like excavated sites like for construction, found what they thought was like a gnome fucking house or something. Yeah. And they're like it's now not to be touched. Historic, yeah. I want to see a horror movie on that. Just, just as a side note, Killer new. Somebody think it up and then you know post it on uh, Facebook. Exactly.
0: All right. So we've got uh, Brian Stevenson. Uh, it was Fred Savage in the original. Okay. Um, who do you have for your serious version? We're going to run down the serious first and then do our funny.
2: Oh well, that the serious was uh, Fred Savage as Brian Stevenson. Okay, and I brought Maurice back as Howie Mandel. I do have a new character. Okay, brand new character. The name I'm still working on. I I. I just for time constraint, I I settled with uh Twiddle is what the other monsters call him. Okay. He's the new boss. Okay. Like, so they call him Twiddledick. But uh uh his actual name is man. And uh Okay. <laughs> figured you had boy, why not go with man? But yeah. I like to call him Twiddledick because okay. he's really just such an asshole. Nice. And it's a very demeaning name. Uh he's the new unofficial leader of the monsters. He is he is Better than boy, but worse than boy at the same time.
0: Probably smarter than boy was, because boy wasn't exactly the smartest monster.
2: No, he was a boy. Yeah. He just he just wanted what he wanted, because yeah. he wanted it. Yeah. Uh, so this is different. This is where things take the serious tone, and he's starting to change shit down there. And when you change shit and you impose, that probably means specific rules, which goes against their way of life. Uh, which would change the very fabric of the magic that obviously holds them together, Ah, starting to break their reality apart. Wow. And in order to keep it together, uh, unfortunately, chaos keeps it together but it's chaos with heart you know it's they're not murdering each other sure it's chaos with a good heart a child's heart
0: yeah play uh, like
2: child childlike chaos a, right childlike uh, chaos through their imagination and when you impose harsh rules you then you tend to break the very fabric of what holds that reality together so he needs someone's help someone who who's outside of the system and the world to help him so he goes and he finds Fred Savage.
0: He needs a he hard nosed detective that plays by his own rules.
2: Yeah, and Fred Savage, you know, he's a PI. He, you know, <laughs> yeah, right. he's done three tours. And- David, I don't like
0: the way you do <laughs> things, but damn if you don't get results. Yes.
2: He did. Yeah. <laughs> he did. He did. He did two or three tours in Desert Storm, like <laughs>
0: <laughs> see, like Fred Savage with like the helmet on and the gun, like in a in an Apache helicopter about to drop, and he looks over and there's fucking Maurice in this blue face and his horns, like are, that the helmet doesn't fit quite right, like. About to airdrop in.
2: And just when he's about to airdrop, all you hear is random narration from the guy from Wonder Years. <laughs> <laughs>
0: all right. So my Brian, uh, I am going with, see, it's kind of a sequel, whereas like it's hitting, it's more that there was a prequel to the original that mm-hmm. was never really discussed. That the dad was basically in the, the kid's age in the 80s and now is grown up. So it's just kind of a little play on it. So all the names are the same as the original. Okay, uh, we've got Brian Stevenson, who originally Fred Savage. I've got a uh, young actor uh, that was in Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark by the name of Michael Garza. He was the uh, the Hispanic gentleman that was coming through town following the the uh, the autumn in the Scarecrow story. Oh no! <laughs> yeah. So if if you are familiar at all with Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, yes. uh, that's that's he was in that. He was also in Mockingjay Part One. Uh, and also in Wayward Pines as well.
2: What was he in Mockingjay?
0: I uh, don't know offhand. Probably I, a
2: side character. Yeah, like a side, side character. Side, yeah.
0: yeah. His main role that he's been in is in Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Mm-hmm. But very good actor. I really enjoyed him in that. And I think it would be interesting to kind of take the, especially um, in, in Hispanic families, like the the nature of family is incredibly important to that culture. So when you have... I get this breaking away from that norm of the family being deeply important and primary, you know, the primary focus, mm-hmm. um, that's got more, I think, weight to it.
2: Yeah. So it's definitely got some emotional heft.
0: Yeah. So that, that's kind of why I was leaning that way. Uh, for Maurice, I wanted, uh, somebody that can do a lot of impressions. That's tall and lanky and weird and just definitely kind of just mm. can fill an entire scene And I know I've used him before in other stuff, but it's just, I can't think of a better actor to portray Maurice, uh, in this modern day than Bill Hader.
2: I swear to God, I almost thought you were going to say Jay, uh, Jay, Jay, no, no. Although actually he wouldn't do bad at all. He he would actually just neurotic enough. He's like the Woody Allen sort of versionist of
0: Maurice. So I think Bill Hader would have so much fun in the scenes here and he's been in horror. He's been in, you know, tons of comedies. He knows how to go dark. Uh, and Barry, if you've ever seen Barry, it's incredible. Uh, he would absolutely have a, a complete blast in that role, mm-hmm. and I think would knock it out of the park. He would be impossible not to just like, like be sucked into. Yeah. Uh, whenever he was on, he's screen. already like that anyway. Yeah, exactly. So I think that would be super fun. Now you've got the new character. I'm I'm just going to kind of shoot through my my regular role stuff. So I wanted Hispanic parents. So. I went with for Glenn Stevenson, the dad, I wanted a lovable dad, but can definitely play distracted and a uh, Hispanic actor that played that kind of role mm-hmm. in a Netflix series called Extinction uh, that came out. And he's also incredibly funny, uh, as you may have seen him in uh, Ant-Man and Ant-Man and Wasp, Michael Pena oh, there as you the got. father. Uh, who's lovable, but he's also very distracted. He's just not engaged um, at all. But he could tell a fucking story like he was. Yeah, absolutely. And if there's any way to get that into this movie where he just tells a story, it
2: would be... uh, I love you, man. So if you ever listen to this podcast or any of our podcasts for the GUI Network, just know that you are a good actor. Like, you're fun. But you tell a story better than 99% of the people that I've ever heard tell a story.
0: Look at his... Roles that he's done, he's done stuff like End of Watch, which is an intense, amazing movie. Yeah, he's done some, he's done some hefty shit, and then Extinction, which isn't a comedy. That's like a sci-fi suspense movie. Yeah, but then you've got like Chips and Ant Man, and where he's able to really flex his comedy muscle, and he's very de- able to yeah. really play both sides of that. Yeah, and so, that
2: wasn't a great movie, but he was good in it.
0: Yeah, uh, Chips. I Chips. Mean. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, for my the mom, uh, I wanted a kind of strong. A female character like the the uh, more of a matriarch of the family
2: mm, backbone
0: backbone yeah. of the family and i couldn't think of anything better than um the warrior goddess from firefly gina torres Ooh, yeah uh, as being the strong mother in the family
2: i'm totally watching that right now too <laughs> right i'm yeah. back watching i'm on season episode three nice a firefly well, there we go it's fucking amazing it's that you're kismet. bringing that up
0: so yeah gina torres and michael pena as the parents uh, then the little brother that was tough because I don't know a lot of small, small, tiny actor people, and I wanted a younger side size, uh, mm-hmm. you know, character uh, to to play the role. Um, so I I looked around and I remembered that there was this little girl that was incredible for what she was dealing with. I mean, really intense, like drug use and prostitution stuff, in a movie called The Florida Project, and that movie is hard Talk about with William Defoe. Yeah, with Willem Dafoe. Yeah, Willem Dafoe. That I movie mean, is incredible, but it's it's hard to watch. I mean, it, kids in? Uh, no, I haven't seen it, but I mean,
2: I've I I know it got a lot of praise awards, and I really wanted to see it, but I had not seen it yet. Is it? Out?
0: I yeah, it's been out. Yeah, it's been out for a little while now. And we're,
2: we're well, I'll find it later, but yeah, it's, tell me more. It's I'm an, intrigued.
0: It's basically about this mother that uh, lives in a motel near Disney World mm-hmm. in Florida. Yeah, and her being just kind of a piece of shit. And the other people of the motel that like live there, you know, year round, uh, that just pay per week and stuff. And woman Dafoe is the basically landlord. He's the one that collects all the the money from everyone. Mm -hmm. And she's, you know, she parties, she does drugs. Like she doesn't take care of her kid. Her, her kid who's a little kid, um, is just running around with the other kids in the neighborhood, getting into shit, starting fires and stuff. It's a whole real bad situation. Yeah. And, uh, and just this little girl being able to play the balance of being both innocent and hardened past her years where she just deals with stuff that kids her age should never have to deal with. And she deals with it kind of like, like nothing.
2: I know what I've seen from clips that that, that little girl yeah. did a
0: hell of a D- job. Did an amazing job. And that's uh Brooklyn Prince is hmm. the name of the little actress. And I thought also the dynamic of like a, and this comes that I have a younger sister. So you kind of lean on what you know is that that the older brother being protective of the younger sister kind of thing in Mm -hmm. this dynamic would be a fun take to have on it yeah so so that's where i went and then uh you have the boy right or you have the man which is a different
2: i have man yes oh uh oh i i know i said the character but i didn't say who was going to play him yeah jim carrey
0: jim carrey yes wow okay
2: because he's basically a giant man child yeah And a great actor to boot, regardless of what you think of him in his personal life, which you know, I don't know. But I do know that as far as an actor goes, he's fucking, I mean, he can play anything.
0: Well, and yeah, he's got more range than people give him credit for. Fuck. I mean, Eternal look, Sunshine. Eternal give Sunshine me. and also fucking Man on the Moon. Yeah. He was incredible yeah. and really, I mean, dove in a little too deep into those waters. He, well, uh, he
2: dove as deep as Andy did. Yeah. And that's what he wanted to do. Yeah. I saw the behind the scenes shit and he was pissing people off. But, oh, yeah. All he did was basically be what the character was, sure. Which is method acting. Yeah, it was just a very, very. I don't know if he ever quite got out of it.
0: Yeah, it, he even said in the like the documentary about yeah. it was Jim and Andy, I think is what it's yes. called. That he it permanently affected him a little bit.
2: Yeah, it probably changed literally the neuro pathways in his mind. Sure. To f- to force different actions than he would have normally done in his. I mean life. that
0: shit does happen in method acting. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So I've got boy, and uh, I wanted. Uh for the, my real version, the version I think might work, I wanted a actor that um, could be kind of aloof a little mm-hmm. bit as well as imposing mm-hmm. uh, somebody that could, you know, that's not necessarily a bad guy because you're actually having a better understanding of this character in this version that it's, this is the, the monster that felt abandoned by humans. So right. he has like a bone to pick and it wasn't, I mean, it, the human wasn't his to have in the first place, you know, it was like. He lost his best friend that was, you know, Glenn Stevenson, the dad. Yeah. So you kind of identify with him a little more and he's more of a sadder character than the original. He's mm-hmm. not just this big bully. You kind of understand where he comes from. You jokered him. A little bit. And I'm not. Yeah. It's this uh, monster being there like all I have are bad thoughts. That'll, yeah. That'll come up soon. <laughs> so, no, uh, for, for the boy, I decided to go with uh, Christian N- Nairn, uh, who played Hodor in Game of Thrones. It's
2: an interesting choice yeah
0: i've just and you look at the original dude like he was this big burly monster yeah very so,
2: childlike mind yeah so he played well yeah
0: least. so and and also the actor uh christian is wildly intelligent mm-hmm. uh very flamboyant in his real life um, okay. he's like a dj and he's very heavily involved in the lgbtq community and stuff and uh he's the polar opposite of hodor so him having the range of who he actually is versus what he did with Hodor, there's a lot of range in there for him to play with how to portray this villain. Yeah. Where it's both kind of sad, but also he's not a great guy.
2: A child man with a broken
0: heart. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, now that's about all I have for my castings. Do you have any other castings for your series?
2: No, for serious. no.
0: No, okay. Mm-hmm. So I just went with kind of the core characters. I know there was like the, the girlfriend in the original and stuff like that. Yeah, but
2: those are just side things to make it f- to make things fun or funny, but... To build it out a little bit. To build it out. You know, that stuff, like if I was to write or direct something, I would worry about casting that way after the fact. So in my mind, I was focused on like the two main two or three characters sure. that you're building the story around because everyone else just
0: adds to it. Sure. Now, Unless I, you're Breaking Bad or something. Yeah. yeah. For my remix version, that's what we're getting into now. <laughs> Re- r- 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 remix. Still want some one of our listeners to put together just like a little remix thing that we can play, like a little like sound. Like GUI remix? Sound sort of thing? clip thing. Oh, uh, just a sound Lord. clip of like rip, 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 remix or something that we can play here. That would be awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Can you do, can you do it to the drinking song from the flagship? <laughs> hey, it's fucking remix. <laughs> <laughs> Right, so uh for my not real take on it, something that it won't work, and no one will sign off on this at all because it's really disturbing, really upsetting. I decided to direct Little Monsters, our remake. I'm getting Larry Clark to direct. Now, if you're unfamiliar, that is the director of Kids. Yeah. Uh and Bully and What's Up What's Up Rockers. Uh he's known for having children in very precarious situations. And very sexualizing kids. Did he do Bully too? He did Bully, yeah. Yeah,
2: Bully. Oh my god.
0: Yeah. So his his movies are where kids are like they're fucking and giving each other AIDS and like really they're sexualized. Like raping and yeah, there's a lot of like fucked up shit with children that happened in Larry Clark movies. So That's it was definitely one of those- the
2: Adult Swim version minus the funny.
0: Yeah, mine is not funny. <laughs> this is more of like looking at just how uncomfortable the original movie is by modern lens. Yeah. Just leaning in and being like, okay, fuck it. Let's just go that route. Let's make it really upsetting and make it more of like child predator monster.
2: Yeah. Like the monster is your, is your fucking word. Yeah. I mean Uh. that
0: it's literally like the, the monsters under the bed are basically kind of this analogy for like sexual predators. Yeah. Uh, and you kind of lean in on that and you make it really dark. And you make mm-hmm. it where these kids are, like, getting into fucked up stuff. Like, there's drug use and shit with kids down in the d- underside, you know? Yeah. In the underworld. Eight years old, not a problem. Yeah, yeah. And it's like th- that scene in the first Ninja Turtles movie where it's like, you got any cigarettes? It's yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> you got fucking 12-year-olds playing video yeah. games. You want it.
0: regular menthol? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they literally said regular menthol. Yeah. It was great. So, uh, yeah. So, I'm going really fucking dark with Larry Clark. Uh, what, what is your choice here so right. i went
2: funny and which is good. probably good i'm gonna yeah. bring some a little levity super into it uh my director well so check over my cast
0: or like, do you want to the do the first. director yeah uh uh taika watiti Man, did you do taika the last time too that we did one or i don't remember i don't remember no or somebody did recently do a taika as well because well, they may have but because I, it's taika watiti he's so much fun well his range as
2: a director is fucking amazing um I haven't seen his new film, but I mean, I've seen previous stuff he's done and flight of the Concord and all that stuff. Uh, he's
0: Jojo rabbit. I don't think is out yet. Or if it is, it just came out.
2: Yeah. Or it's it's like, um, like limited release. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'd love everything else he did. I mean, this is before Thor Ragnarok. Like I knew he was, I liked him before. Uh, but he, uh, he under, I think he just understands com- He understands comedy without having to fucking sit on your face. Like, he also hey, by the way, here's some comedy pouring out of my ass. Like, he also he just, knows
0: how to make a scene that's really sullen and dark, yeah. uh, funny without taking away from the sullen nature of the scene. It's yeah. not, it's being able to exist in the same space. Like, yeah. Hunt for the Wilder People, there are tons of scenes where like dude's wife dies, and yeah. he's mourning and he goes into the woods to like deal with that and the kid's coming along and there's incredibly funny moments in the minute, in the moment of Sam Neill being like borderline suicidal <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it's not taking that away at all, but it's just uh, living in the the humor of the ridiculousness of the moment. Yeah. And living in
2: the funny is like this echo of Monty Python, which sure. I've always loved. You know, it's, it's that, it's that, does it make sense? This, I don't think this makes any sense, uh, but God damn it. It's funny.
0: Well, it's laughing into the void instead of yeah, screaming. Into exactly. It. Yeah. it doesn't come back at you. Yeah. So, um, yeah, Taika Waititi, I'm I'm super cool with watching just about anything he puts out. And yes. I could see him just having a total blast with oh my uh God. Buck Wild with Little Monsters. Yes. All right. So for your your uh are you doing your are you doing a sequel as well?
2: Oh, for the funny version? Yeah, uh, yeah, I did a sequel. I just, okay. I, I changed some of the people up, but okay, yeah, I definitely did a se- kind sequel,
0: of a similar take,
2: but yeah, like I said, there was no form in my mind. Like you went a whole different route with like one of the characters. Like I, my mind couldn't wrap around that because uh, just because of how indoctrinated that movie sure. is. sure with me,
0: it, it's been burned into your brain. It, it's
2: I, I literally have probably and I've watched it with my daughter. So once you watch it with your kid it you get that perspective from it's, it's like, Oh fuck. I felt the same fucking thing. Like yeah. there's no way I could go away from that. So, yeah. so yeah, I just did a sequel as well. Okay. Um, so who do you have for your character list for your funny? Um, so I have the same three characters, but I just changed them up. So I went with who I think Taika Waititi could do really well and who would be just funny enough. So I went with Jonah Hill. Okay. <clears throat> Cause I think that he can, he's, he is actually such a solid actor you that, think
0: he'll, he'll be the, uh, the Maurice character or no,
2: no, I'm sorry. He's my, he's my Brian Stevenson. Bryan Stevenson he's okay. the, yeah. He's the older. Okay. Uh, I guess maybe not. I don't know if he's like all jacked and in shape now, but I just picture him from like, you know, like from his earlier films, like, sure. uh, that, you know, he's just this like heavier set, kind of slubby dope, like, which, you know, if. After, you know, uh, Brian Stevenson grows up with all the shit that he's seen, I'd imagine maybe he just drinks a lot. He's just fucking schlubby and just doesn't give a shit. Sure. uh, Because he can't go back. Um, So that's the way I picture that character. And I could see Taika Waititi doing something like really amazing with that, uh, with him. So that's, so
0: Jonah Hill for him. And then. Well, let me bounce on that for my Brian, because it's actually very related to Jonah Hill. Okay. Is that um, now remember I'm doing Brian as a kid still. Yeah. So, this is a child actor, but uh, named Sonny Suljic, who's, uh was in House with a Clock in Its Walls, uh, Killing of a Sacred Deer. Uh, he was also in a little movie called Mid-90s. That was disturbing. Yeah. Killing of a Sacred Deer? Yes, it is. Yeah. Um, but he was also in Mid-90s, yes. which was directed by Jonah, Jonah Hill. And that kid, he was the main uh, kid character in mm-hmm. that film. And he knocked it out of the fucking park. Yeah. boozing and, like, smoking weed and... Uh, like going around skateboarding, like cussing, just being a little shit for his age.
2: That sounds like how we were. In the yeah, exactly. So
0: just looking at him playing kind of that version of Brian in the kids directors version, you know, where you're leaning on the kids fucking and, and, you know, drinking and being <laughs> yeah. terrible. Um, that I think Sonny was fantastic in mid nineties. And if you haven't had the chance, it's on Amazon prime right now yeah. and very it's worth a really, watch. Yeah. It's really good. Really good movie. So that's, that's my Brian. So who do you have for your, uh, your monster? Well, your monster. Well, for, for Maurice. Yeah. Uh, uh,
2: I went, I mean, I went current, but it was funny that we were talking about Joker earlier. Cause I was like, who would do a really fucked up version? And I was just like, uh, well, I mean, there was, I had three different people in mind, but I, I couldn't settle on them. But I was like, I'm going to do him just because, um, you know, it vexed me. It vexed me greatly. <laughs> Same. Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> He's my Maurice. He could be really creepy in that. I just think of him coked out. Yeah. I really imagine him as, and the reason I said it vexed me, it vexed me, it was from Gladiator.
0: That's what I was actually thinking is that leaning on the Gladiator kind of approach more than anything else. Yeah.
2: Uh, and and which is one of those lines that every time I watch that movie and I hear, I don't know whether to laugh or just cringe. Cause yeah. it's either so well done or just really shitty. I think it depends on how you feel during the day you're watching the movie, but sure. it's like, I'm vexed. I'm, you know, it vexes me greatly. Yeah. I'm like, Oh, Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so that's who I went with. Okay. And I know it seems like he would be more in the serious category, but if think about him playing Maurice, I think, he, uh, not Joker style, like just crazy fucking Joaquin. wild. Yeah. Wild, like totally living the character sort of style that I think he would do, uh, he would make it pretty goddamn fun.
0: Hell yeah. For me, I've got, uh, I wanted Maurice in this version to be kind of a, um, kind of like balls cut off version where the whole thing with uh, the the boy, the the villain mm-hmm. monster is that, you know, Maurice comes off as this like cool, wild, like silly, happy monster guy. But then you see the power dynamic once they get down to the under the the world, Mm -hmm. and so I wanted a character that could be like kind of zany, but then also switch it, like flip it to being this kind of like neutered animal uh, version of, and I and really play it borderline comedically, but also a little bit like on the sad dark kind of approach. I figured give it a a, a shot to uh, Thomas Middleditch. You may know from the uh, from Silicon Valley, he's in the Verizon oh, yeah. commercials, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he was in King of the Monsters, and he's is in Zo- Zombieland, Zombieland too, too yeah. as well, yeah. And uh, great actor, very funny. If you Silicon ha-
2: Valley is hysterical.
0: And if you have a chance to see any kind of uh, live stuff, whether it be on talk shows, or he's guested on some podcasts and stuff as well, he is naturally funny as shit. Yeah, he's super quick. Yeah, very quick, very, very quick. So I think that, that would be a lot of fun uh for the dad and this version the dad is like abusive and an alcoholic and this just gigantic piece of shit and that's really the the push to get you know Brian to try to run away mm-hmm. is running away from his terrible life situation and i thought really just give adam driver some room to uh to play <laughs> like the shitty father and i think he could he can definitely play harsh so
2: yeah if you i mean he definitely did in uh girls uh yeah. he was he was, he was like a dick, a lot of yeah, the I yeah, totally see that, yeah. So, I think that would be fun
0: to kind of play bring out his lightsaber. <laughs> I drinks mean, too much. <laughs> uh, we'll see. Oh, uh, god, <laughs> <laughs> let's hope not. Um, and then the mom, I thought just being kind of like the battered wife kind of approach, throw uh, Katie Holmes in there.
2: Oh, yeah, well, she looks battered anyway. So, yeah, I
0: mean, well, she was in a relationship with uh, Tom Cruise for. Yeah, I'm sure she's years. all healthy now. Yeah, probably. Yeah. But yeah, I think PTSD. Katie Holmes would play kind of the meekish mom in in relation to like the oh, she overbearing would totally, father. Meek, she does meek well. Yeah. So I think that would be fun. Um, and then I've got for the younger brother, Eric, I wanted kind of an innocent kid that that would be like the one innocent that, you know, the older brother is basically trying to protect from all this terrible shit. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like the the figure of innocence in this story where the, the whole nature of like growing up and your innocence being removed and the and wanting to pre- prevent that from happening just yet to his younger brother. Right. And so I went with a young actor, Ian Armitage, who uh, was in I'm Not Here. He was also uh, Young Sheldon in the show Young Sheldon. Uh, is it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I like that kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a damn good actor. Very good actor. And I think he could play kind of just the like innocent minded child that just doesn't, uh, you know, there's no darkness in him yet. yet yeah well and watch until boys yeah Yeah. (laughs) and so for the fucked up nasty boy uh for this i wanted somebody that's kind of intimidating but also can really have fun in that space of being the fucking monster real monster Mm -hmm. uh so danny Trejo, who i put as known for and i just put on my list everything because he's been in everything he really is in everything yeah but just to have him playing just as this like he's he's older, you know. And the whole thing is that you know he's he's an older monster. He's been there a long time. Yeah. And so you have him as this grizzled kind of like falling apart. Like, like I'm too old for this shit. Yeah, kind of that <laughs> that approach to the to the character. So yeah. uh, who do you have for yours? Because I, I ran down my list pretty quick.
2: Yeah, you were. Uh, well, I only had one extra, one new person that okay. I didn't say previously because he was the new character, Twiddle Dick. Okay. As I know him. As he wants to be called man, he's called Twiddle Dick is uh, Chris Hemsworth. And I did that not because of Thor or anything like that, but there's bad times at and uh, make sure <clears throat>
0: at the El Royale,
2: at the El Royale. Yeah. And I just watched that. And it is the fucker's got range. Yeah, he does. Like, I think uh, the people I was really surprised at how serious and how fucking funny he could be literally at the same time. Thor Ragnarok. A lot of that was improv. It was comedic. Did a really good job. That was something different. And it took me by surprise how good he was in that. Sure. Uh, and and that type of like approach, funny approach to the character with Taika Waititi. Uh, I, I just, yeah. So Twiddle Dick, that's Chris Emsworth. Okay. And I think he would have a good time with making fun of people calling him the name Twiddle Dick in the movie.
0: And that being like a thing that people call him behind his back, but aren't, yeah. don't normally tend to say to his face kind of approach to it. Yeah. I like that. Someone in the distance, twiddle dick. All right. We've got a few uh, suggestions here for mashups. We're in the mashup stage here. Okay. So uh, my partner in crime on Geeks Under the Influence, my co-host Lowdown, suggested demonic toys to be uh, incorporated with little monsters. Of course he would. And I could see that being that in they, the under- underworld, there's all the stuff that got kind of like f- all the left socks, you know, that kind of stuff. All this shit.
2: I totally thought about that earlier today. Yeah. I was like, those are the fuckers that steal your left socks. Yeah, like, that's absolutely. Them. Yeah. But,
0: you great. know, there's a bunch of garbage down there. Yeah. A bunch of crap. So the demonic toys are just, you know, in this magical environment. Some of the busted up toys, that I don't know, you can have them warring against the monsters. That'd be cool as shit. You could. Or These they could be toys. guards
2: like if you fuck with them like they follow you and then they like you know yes do some like menacing Allie, yeah. shit I dig it because they're basically like hoarders like that's what these little monsters are they're basically hoarders with a bunch of fucking like bad food Yeah, uh, so I could see that like if they had entrances they couldn't go in there's these little fucking demonic monsters come in come and out
0: like stab him in the foot and like go back the other way <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Danimal suggested two, both of which have already been mentioned uh, one because you stole the director uh, Monster Squad, yeah, on here, and I guess you could the maybe maybe you, the portal that they get sucked into is actually to the dimension where the underworld is.
2: So yeah, so in Monster Squad, they they get sucked into in a basically purgatory. Sure. Uh, through the uh, stone, I could you know what I could I could totally see like an Arrowverse sort of crossover event happening with that that could act not just necessarily a mashup but where one world meets the other so the little monsters usually have portals to uh you know other parts of the world sure right but in this one at least in my film too if the if the walls of reality for them are crumbling because the rules are crumbling it could have opened up something to
0: another dimension another dimension where
2: they don't exist necessarily but actual like Bad
0: fucking monsters do. Sure. Meaning Not the Dracula- playful kids that didn't want to grow up monsters. No. You're talking like the real deal. Yeah,
2: the wolf man who's going to rip your fucking guts out. Or, you know, Dracula who's going to suck you dry blood. Like, they
0: don't mess around. They don't fucking sit there and eat Doritos and play baseball. Yeah, no shit, right? Yeah. Uh, then Vermin suggested... we. Uh, oh, uh, Dan's other suggestion was um, Monsters, Inc. But it's virtually the same movie. It so is. Yeah, you don't really have to even mash it up. You just... Nah. The way you mash it up is you literally have a time card they punch when they come back downstairs. <laughs> yeah. And then, then there you go. Then you're mashed up. Danimal had some for, uh, forethought on that or foresight. Oh, absolutely. And then we've got a uh, vermin suggested reefer madness as being. <laughs> um, I think that, you
2: know. I think that makes sense in certain, like, if you were going to do, like, a Pineapple Express approach to it, then that would totally make sense. It's I mean,
0: like kids get stoned, and they discover the gateway to the underworld all of a sudden, and, and there's monsters, and they're like, man, this is some good shit.
2: Or the reverse. What if they're already existing under the ground, and they get fucking stoned, and they realize, holy shit, we can go up through a kids' beds. We can go from underneath so their all beds. all it took
0: for the monsters to see our world is, is to get stoned. It's a prequel. It's a prequel.
2: <laughs> that's how it all got started. Or
0: or it starts with weed. And that, as everyone knows, uh, that's a gateway drug. And it leads to <laughs> cocaine. And then that creates Howie Mandel uh, Maurice.
2: And what breaks down their society is when someone starts cooking meth.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and then you do that movie uh, Spun with Brittany Murphy. <laughs> yeah. But uh, Mickey Rourke's character is actually boy. Uh, that's like cooking <laughs> meth in a trailer in the underworld. Listen. Uh, <laughs> You really want to cook some meth? (laughs) This is how you do it. I dig it. Do a, a Breaking bed uh, I think is yeah. The, <laughs> yeah. yeah.
2: I wish you could do his Russian accent with <laughs> just do the Russian <laughs> accent like from fucking Iron Man Two. That terrible
0: accent. No, I'm thinking Breaking Bad. Uh, breaking Bad. I think that's the yeah. way to do it. Yeah, it's like how do you make it blue? And it's like ah, uh, it's just, it's an underworld secret.
2: Yeah, it's with the f- made with the fears of children.
0: Yeah, right. <laughs> oh no, oh, the worst meth made the with b- children fear. It's the best high. <laughs> <laughs> oh okay so um we are at the point now where we are gonna dig into our trailers for our versions yes um i because i don't want to gross myself out i'm gonna go ahead and go with the andre Overdahl um uh, version of this um which version are you gonna do i'm, a, I'm gonna do my
2: serious one Your serious serious where one? i really have panned out the whole plot for. okay
0: that. sweet well let me get the music queued up
1: 30 years ago, Brian Stevenson discovered a hidden world of monsters under his bed. He began a friendship with a monster named Maurice. After destroying the evil leader of the monster's boy, he left. 30 years later, their world is in peril. A new bad guy has taken over. <laughs> and Maurice has come back to ask Brian for help once again to keep their world from crumbling. In the summer of 2020, Get ready for the epic sequel to Little Little Monsters. Monsters. Little Monsters (laughs) 2.
2: I was going to say Little Monsters play harder.
0: Play harder? (laughs) But it didn't make sense in my head. No, it didn't. It didn't make sense when you said it out loud. You know what? Um,
2: Just like Deadpool, just two. Just two? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Little Monsters, uh, back to the... Uh, under the bed yeah i got yeah I little know. monsters
2: 2 under the child's bed like, yeah doesn't sound right I, I i had one ready though uh
0: okay time for mine which is uh not planned at all i did not do any preparation for this so it's gonna suck but <laughs> here we go i'm doing my uh andre Overdahl uh version of this so here we go
1: Thirty years after the original, we return to the terrors that live under your bed. This Halloween, join Michael Garza as he discovers the monsters that keep his father up at night. (laughs) He travels the underworld with his best bud Bill Hader playing Maurice. As they uh, figure out how to not grow up. <laughs> it's preventing him from, from, like, the dad that was, that he he got, he was, he went there when he was a kid, it was Miss Michael Pena, known as the guy that talks a lot in Anime. His mother, Gina Torres, uh, playing Holly Stevenson, is the, the matriarch of the family that don't take from her kids, and is a strong-handed, she, uh, she hits her kids, uh, and that's why he runs, runs away with the monster, and they fight, uh, Nairn, uh, the guy that played Moldor in Game of Thrones, uh, who plays the boy, the monster that was his father's monster companion in the 80s. <laughs> this Halloween... Face your fears. Battle your <laughs> monsters. Little monsters. <laughs> ah. <laughs>
0: I think every time I do a trailer, I really ge- I genuinely try at first. I do. And then I reach a point where I just kind of like freeze on it. And then it's just the case of the fuckets jumps in, and then it's just me stammering, and it I end up sounding like the Different channels on the intergalactic television on Rick and Morty is what my trailers end up
2: sounding like. I mean, I shit. I mean, I, I, who the fuck am I to judge? Fuck. <laughs> Mine sound like Summer Gal from fucking like, you know, uh, Firefly just, just jacked up. Like, what did you say?
0: <laughs> no power in the verse can stop me. <laughs> so that that's our versions. I think. Genuinely, what I felt when I was digging into what to do with this film is that there was a lot that could be have been done with the original that they didn't need to. It, for the version they did, it was just a fun movie about learning that you got to grow up sometime, and, and that's all it needed to be. And I love it for that.
2: It obviously works because it's got it's got staying power.
0: Yeah, but there is a lot of conversations that you could have using the, this story mm-hmm. uh, to kind of like really talk about the nature of like being a kid and and adulthood and the progress that you make into adulthood getting more mature and just coming to terms with the fact that you're getting growing up it's almost like
2: a sad realization that you you come to when you like that some of the rules not all the rules but some of the rules just your basic morals uh you know as a person are there for a reason yeah they are but it's that realization that forces you to deal with the reality of the world once you realize how important
0: those rules are,
2: yep. if you if you realize, and it. there's no
0: stopping it, like no. that that was kind of the realization of that in Little Monsters is that there was a way to get out of it. Yeah, but then having reached a point of maturity where it's like I can't do this forever. Yeah. And, so
2: and you, you, as nice as it is to think about, as much as I love watching that movie or watching with my kid and looking at her and going, I really, with every fiber of my being, wish you could stay this way forever. Yeah uh or we could stay in this type of moment forever no rules no time constraint we're just here and we're living and we're we're having fun and we're now and that's 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 kind of like the aside from the inappropriate relationship there's there is a a very simple beautiful message in that movie that i think is why it's lasted as long as it has or why it has if you watch it now aside from obviously some some parts of the script, you know, words that they use that obviously they don't use anymore that dates it or the fact they don't have cell sure. phones <laughs> or anything like that. But aside, the, the the basic movie itself has longevity for that reason. So I sure. I, I got a lot of love
0: for it. Uh, speaking of love, I want to uh, make mention that I, I do love Thomas Middleditch and I apologize for casting him as a child predator that lives under a kid's <laughs> bed. Uh, that was not, I did not. Uh, I did not mean that in a I, you're just a, such a. Uh, diverse actor, you could play something so far from your own personality. Well, look, if he's a real diverse
2: actor, then a role like that would entice him, not because because of the content and what and where he would have to go to be that character.
0: And anybody that has uh, heard uh, Middle Ditch talking, like on talk shows and everything, like you can get the vibe that no, he definitely he's not a monsters under bed type. He's more of like a dead hookers under bed type. So yeah, we're in his trunk. In his trunk. Something like had that. Under his so yeah, yeah, so I apologize that you do not come off as a <laughs> child predator, more of like a serial murderer of prostitutes. So um, my my apologies yeah, there. More of a uh, more of a really big Jack the Ripper. Yes, just just a giant creep, but for like adults though. Yeah, only for adults. Only for adults. Yeah, you don't. Yeah. You have.
2: You do have principles. You yes, don't hurt children.
0: Absolutely. So so I just want to make that clear. Yeah. Uh, leaving this episode. <laughs> well, if he ever listens, I'm sure he'll appreciate. it He that. will appreciate it for sure. So uh, thank you for listening to another episode of Smack My Pitch Up. This concludes our Halloween episodes mm-hmm. uh, for the year. So. Thank you so much for listening. To, um, check out the previous episodes um, and subscribe to us. All that info and subscribe buttons are at GUI Click on the smack my pitch up button on the homepage. And, uh, check out the other shows on the network. We've got nine shows total One I'm gonna do smash talk, which you're going to be having some episodes coming out in the near future. Yes. We're going to backlogged that. at this point. God damn, I'm so
2: backlogged. Yeah. I'm like surprised people only remember my name because I'm on these podcasts. I'm like, <laughs> I'm not fucking going away. Yeah. Yeah. No, I no, I've got a plenty of a backlog, uh, going on and, uh, you know, we just, uh, getting set up to actually do, you know, a little more streamlined new stuff to put out just to. Just to have, you know, something hopefully good for people to listen to, sure. I mean, you know, I fall suit with the rest of you guys. You know, we all love what we do.
0: Oh, absolutely. We, we do
2: this, not just we do it for a reason and we hope you guys want to listen. So There's some real
0: passion here. I mean, I, I will make mention that, you know, geeks on the influencer flagship show won best podcast in Richmond, which uh, I'm still still a little braggy wait, about. But That's one, right?
2: what's that that's number one number one number yeah. one oh, okay it's loneliest number but it's funny because I, I don't feel We're, it doesn't I'm not allowed feel to be lonely
0: because there's eight other podcasts on the network <laughs> like there's no lonely up here uh, it's all
2: a big circle jerk of love
0: and that's exactly what GUI is yes is a circle jerk of love so definitely join the circle jerk and subscribe to all the shows in the network yes. uh, wherever you get your podcast review us on Apple Podcasts if you could that really does help mm-hmm. and remember to buy t-shirts we've got like 30 designs available on uh, T public that's a GUI podcast dot com store mm-hmm. to uh, check out that stuff. We also have an Amazon link on the front page. If you want to shop through that link, we get credit for whatever you buy. So it helps us pay for all the services and stuff that we use yeah. for uh, recording and uh, appreciate it. Um, we'll find here <laughs> next, next week for another episode of Smack My Pitch Up. I'm Mike the Hobbit and you just got pitch smacked.
2: Happy Halloween.
1: GUIPodcast.com i